0: Welcome back to the Spicy PL Podcast. This is Episode Five. Uh, Alex Baval over here with Big Joe Cap and James Peachy Marcotte.
1: Yeah, Episode Five, Five. Keep it live. That's what we like to say around here. Yeah, always
0: keeping it live with fives. Yeah, we're we're trying something new this week. We're using a standing desk. <laughs> I like it.
1: We don't have enough room for this shit. That's really the reason.
0: Yeah, we're doing this in our living room, <laughs> our dining room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we set up a standing desk for me to work at. Alex already had one and uh we've just run out of fucking space. So, in our two bedroom apartment that we have three people living in. Yeah. So, it's just a fucking power paradise here.
0: Yep. So this week we're going to be talking a little bit about a trip we made. Yeah, big time story time. Yep. <laughs> we went on an epic voyage yesterday. <laughs> we're also going to have a new segment. It's called then versus now. We're going to do some comparisons of legendary power lifters from back in the day, as you may call them OGs, and how they would fare if they lifted in today's modern age of lifting.
1: Against the best of the best.
0: Now, we've kind of had these types of debates for years. You know, Lou's always talked about a couple couple lifters from back in the day versus a couple lifters back now, and we've always had these, but usapl has been posting a lot of kind of throwback posts honoring the legends i
1: honestly think they might have gotten the idea from us like our og segment yeah i think they uh, did. a lot of people just jack our shit but that's fine it is what it is shout out ryan
0: yeah so yeah we love you <laughs> we thought it would be a good theme to talk about it on the podcast so we've got that segment today also as usual we've got a couple errors and omissions we fuck up so errors and omissions
1: always it's gonna then after we do then versus now we're gonna have so many probably but um uh, i talked a little bit about natalie hansen and bryce lewis and how they decided to go back and support their local gym even though they had a home gym um i chatted with them this week they uh actually all the stuff they had in their home gym was rented or borrowed from elevate barbell so obviously when elevate opened back up they went back which is super cool I've been watching the video of everybody training in, in mask, and it looks pretty badass. So shout out to them. Arizona Missions, we're going to correct ourselves. Also, another big shout out. If you're watching this, you probably see our faces on a new thumbnail. Sarah Helen Davis said she'd give us some thumbnails to use that weren't just us messing around with movie posters.
0: Yeah, I think the first thumbnail was pretty sweet. Yeah, it but was it, sweet. Dude. Yeah, it was good.
1: I liked it. I mean, we might have more movie
0: yeah, I threw motif. that together with very little Photoshop experience, but we do appreciate Sarah Helen Davis and her uh, her Photoshop skills. It's a lot more professional looking.
1: Yeah, big time professional upgrade from Sarah Helen Davis. Very talented engineer, lifter, bright mind. Um, hope your knee feels all right. Don't go skiing. Yeah.
0: All right, so let's kick it off. Let's get let's get a little recap of our epic voyage for on a quest for iron. Yep. I mean, yeah,
1: I think you should start this one off and like how you ended up living here and then how we ended up with the gym as it was Friday and then your like adventures on Facebook Marketplace and how we turned it all up. So <laughs> I think background might be important.
0: Oh, well, how I ended up living here, huh? Okay. <laughs> I mean, a- we
1: didn't have the gym and everything before you moved down here.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I guess when when the whole pandemic Things started happening. Everybody started working from home. I'm in, a, I'm in a one bed, and basically after four days, I was losing my mind, and Joe and Lou were like, just come over here, man. Get over here. We need you, baby.
1: Come crash, basically.
0: So I decided to crash. I mean, I spend every Friday and Saturday night on the couch, you know, basically anyway, most so, times. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I kind of live here anyway already. Yeah.
1: I mean, and basically, like, you realize real quickly that in your one-bedroom apartment and working from home, you weren't going to have access to a gym oh, very oh, yeah. soon. Yeah, That was a big deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'd signed up for Spindell Barbell, like a, a private kind of barbell club with 24-7 key code entry, thinking that might work out. But eventually, a few weeks in, they were forced to shut down, too. So having somewhere to train with the guys in the basement was definitely a great. Yeah. A so good when point. you came
1: down here, we had basically like a pair of squat stands on some horse mats, and uh, and an old like combo rack, no name combo rack from like the '90s. That um, I don't even know how we got it. We won't get into it. Yeah. But it's it's from old USAPL meets that were ran ran here in the late '90s. And um, so we had those. We had a few. 45 pound plates, nothing over really 600 pounds, maybe poor quality plates. They weighed anywhere from 40 to 48 pounds. Um, and we had a shitty, a really shitty like bar. You would find it like, you know, a, a commercial gym maybe yeah Slippery it, was a, it and, was a
0: bar i pulled out of my garage that i think someone just gave to me and then i was letting it hang out in yeah. the basement and
1: we had adjustable dumbbells up to 90 so like the first week or the w- first week we got some pretty good workouts in just like yeah doing bodyweight rows and and benching and and doing some squats and rdls and stuff we were like doing the, some rubber band
0: stuff and we were pretty happy with it just to have weights at that time that's when we were doing the
2: live streaming training right that's the original setup
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's
1: right. That's right. Um, So, you know, we quickly realized we're going to be in this shit for the long haul. So we ordered a power bar before everybody else did, and they were kind of still in stock. We bought horse mats, plywood. We cleared out more sections of the basement because they were full of
0: crap. Yeah, I saw saw it downstairs, and I had a vision for (laughs) what the potential of the basement could be. So we started moving stuff around. We started getting some mats, and... Myself, I'd like to think of myself as kind of a Craigslist uh, wheeler, dealer, uh, you know, picker of Craigslist. <laughs> I wheel and deal all sorts of car parts and random junk, you know, when there isn't gyms to yeah. be had. So, so we started scouring. You know, yeah, like, long uh, story short,
1: I think one of, the, one of the key elements was when Bay State closed, we borrowed an elico rack. Peach brought another, a second Rogue Power Bar. With the elico rack we borrowed from Baystate, we got some 45s and an elico bar. So now we're like, oh shit, we got like a real gym down here. And we know we have to give the elico back eventually, but so we actually have a ER rack being shipped here so we can continue this. On Craigslist, Alex was able to find uh, an adjustable bench to pair with our dumbbells. We got magnets so we can add weight to our 90 pound dumbbells <laughs> like idiots. And uh, we found a lat pull, a plate loaded lat pull down machine uh, keep in mind, we probably drove like three hours each uh, three hours round trip for each of the pieces separately so the bench and the and the uh lap pull down just like we were willing to do whatever to get yeah. this thing going
0: yeah we begged borrowed steel basically we bartered we traded we got we got what we need and that's kind of where we ended up now um but we got a great opportunity we found out about from Steve Mann. A Most hated
1: man in powerlifting, but you know from episode one, we think he's a great
0: man. He's a great man. He's a really good man because he gave us a great deal on a, a brand new set of alico competition plates. So they're not pre- they're not cheap. Alico pl- plates are never cheap.
1: They're not cheap, and we were we were not going to buy them, right? We were not yep. going to buy them. But we were in this like issue where if men's nationals, ha- men's and women's nationals. Equip nationals, nationals happens in August. Like we need to do some heavier training and the 45 pound plates we had, you couldn't load that much because they were wide. Right. So like if we had to like Luis, Luis and peach will board press over 800 pounds if they want to, um, you know, any of my squats, deadlifts, whatever, might yeah. go eight, yeah. 900 pounds. You can't
0: load eight or 900 pounds in pound plates. The shitty pound plates, yeah, because they're not they're not dense enough, yeah, and they'll just start rattling around. They won't even fit on the bar. So one of our options was to go to New Jersey. I found some hundred pound plates that were available then, and we'd get a couple sets of hundred pound plates. That you know sucks to load, but Bevel loves hundred pound plates. I do like them because they're pretty badass. But anyway, we we saw that the market was red hot. I decided to sell some of our old forty fives. We unloaded a bunch of forty fives we had a a a, decent amount of cash and we sold my my crappy barbell and then we're like all right we can justify buying this alico set so we went for a ride down a screen so put it this way (laughs) alex
1: posted um you know four sets of 45s and a barbell friday at like friday afternoon and by friday at eight o'clock they were gone and we pretty much got some pretty inflated prices for them. but
0: Well, I don't think we gouged. Honestly, I think that's why they sold so quick. We sold them for basically 2 bucks a pound. So I think that's the going rate these days. I mean, we sold some rubberized plates that are a little old. And I think that if you are thinking about unloading some old pound plates that are sitting around, now is definitely the, the time to do it. Rogue's yeah. starting to restock stuff. But if you've, you're sitting on a million plates and you're thinking, oh, wow, the market looks good, I think this is the time because the market's eventually going to be – saturated rogues eventually going to have more stock the stuff from china is going to start coming in so
1: hot tip from the spicy pl podcast would be sell your pound
0: plates for top dollar
1: Yep. Yeah. sock it away and you can get calibrated plates for the same price yeah you later. could get
0: 150 to 200 bucks right now for a set of 45s and then once rogue restocks you can get a, a set of 20 kilo calibrated plates for 186 dollars so it's basically like you're trading your junk for gold yeah. If you can
1: wait. So, you know, Friday, those quickly sold and, um, we kept enough weight that we trained on Friday night. And then we realized like, shit, you know, if the crew comes and trains, we got to go get these fucking plates from Steve. You know, he was going to hold us a set of 400 keys, 400 plus or minus, but you know, we didn't, we weren't sure when we could get them. So we, we texted him Friday night. So we're coming down tomorrow.
0: We got up at like, I don't know, early for us, Nine. Yeah, I was banging the pan- pots and pans around at nine thirty. Yeah. <laughs> we packed a cooler full of food,
1: and we started on, you know, the three hundred mile one way voyage to see Steve Man. Obviously, we weren't going to stay in a hotel or anything. We were going to drive, you know, pretty much four and a half hours there and four and a half hours back. Load up the shit and do
0: it all in one day. But on the way down, I had this idea. <laughs> yeah. So we made a quick pit stop down in Derby, Connecticut. Um, Ryan Gleason, Gleason Performance. Yeah,
1: Gleason Performance Training. Shout He's, out, Ryan. Yeah. I knew he had a pair of 50 kilo Ivankos, and Alex has been dreaming
0: about having 100 pound plates. You know, the only thing better than 100 pound plates? 110 pound plates. That's right, PG. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew that
1: when I used to train at Gleason's, you know, I was the only one who used to bust out those 50s, and otherwise they were collecting dust. And those were on deadlift days. And uh, so I hit him up. I mean, he's closed right now. I, I hit him up and uh, he gave us a good, you know, fair price. So we swung by there, got the first piece of the puzzle. And uh, he was actually an hour late to meet us. So it was like 80 degrees. So we just kind of like hung out in the parking lot with our shirts off to get some tan and smoked a couple cigarettes. And like, it was yeah, a good time. It was like a day at the beach. But also like, you know, <laughs> we're doing a nine hour round trip drive like that. That added 90 minutes to our. Voyage um,
0: total, and you know, but uh, it was well worth it. Those 50 kilo plates are fucking sweet. Yeah. So, anyway, we made it down to Steve Mann's compound, and it was sick, honestly. He's got a beautiful house, it's great. All right, let's route. not amp up
1: the house too much, right? Because you know these fuckheads are well, think Steve Man's stealing their money. Well, Steve Man has I, a really nice he's house. In Scranton, put, PA? So if you, could, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how it much it might the house cost is worth. like five hundred dollars nice. for that house. We don't even know.
0: But you know? the highlight of his house, besides the koi pond, was oh, koi pond. He's yeah, he's got a <laughs> sick garage gym that's basically a two car, two bay garage with like a giant barn connected to it, and got a bunch of racks set up in there it's beautiful he wanted us to train with him we would have loved to but we were you know driving so we were on a mission we were on a mission for the plates but we would have definitely taken him up on it some other time
1: steve man's probably one of the coolest dudes in powerlifting that's why like you know episode one we were super motivated to like kind of vouch for steve man like what a fucking great guy is and then when you see him it's just he really is a great dude um The plates were in the box, which made us we were just so pumped, you know. Like these things haven't even
0: been unboxed. Really excited. (laughs)
1: Aroused. (laughs) Aroused is the kids. Yeah, we we talked to Steve for like an hour, you know, we talked about all the stuff that's been going on, you know, we're not gonna get back into it, but basically like, you know Steve Mann's gonna run a sick meet in November for the Collegiate Lifters, whether they wanna be there or not, it's there as an option and he's just always about doing the right thing you know he's fair in that he's selling sold us equipment at the cost he bought it for you know things like that things that you just tell this dude is uh he's he's a true and honest dude
0: he's a stand-up guy yeah
1: and you know just comparable like you know steve's trying to run collegiate nationals steve's giving refunds to people who really want them you know high school nationals just got canceled no refunds and you know we won't talk about the The politics of it but uh you know put that in perspective you know what steve's trying to do versus um you know what happened to the high school lifters who you know might not get that chance to compete the meet hasn't been rescheduled and they're not they're not able to get refunds yep so steve's gym was sick it was sick i mean he has a ton of gear i he has so much gear so much weight so much stuff it was just cool i would love to go back down there and train with him yeah, um, I
2: love Pennsylvania. I'll be going to Pennsylvania. We'll make a couple stops. We'll go to Pennsylvania, hang out with Steve. Man, <laughs> it's gonna be great.
1: Are there casinos in Pennsylvania?
2: Yeah, debatably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I guess Private games? games? No, no, no. We're gonna uh, this parks casino, uh, which okay. is outside of
1: Philly. All right.
0: Yeah. Peachy's a professional Just gambler, and and style, you know too. the great
1: thing about Steve mm-hmm. is that he he directed us right to a five guys burgers and fries as we exited his town. And It was great, man, so we got our fill you know we exhausted all the, the 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 nutrients in our cooler and we we needed a we needed a jolt to make the the four and a half hour drive back
0: yep and our way back got home at midnight and now we have six kilo plates and a deadlift jack, and we're happy.
1: yeah, I just saw a deadlift Jack and I was like, hey, sell us that and he was like, okay, so I mean yeah. it was pretty awesome,
0: yeah, so anyway. Hopefully we didn't bore you too much about our weights and hopefully you have weights to train with, but we just want to let you know about our voyage and how sick it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing.
1: It's a story that needs to be told. Cause in these times, I feel like, you know, there was a dude Friday trying to buy Alex's like, know yeah, hours, but from Alex, he was trying to buy a pair of 45 pound plates. We did end up selling those four pairs on the bar to three different buyers. Yeah. So it did get split up, but um, one kid wanted one pair and uh alex then told him like oh okay come picking him up this is our address and he was like oh that's more than an hour away from me like i'm out and alex was like you don't deserve this iron <laughs> and like, it's true like we drove two hours to get a fucking adjustable bench
0: yeah for uh, the know. lat pull down we got a great deal on the plate loaded lat pull down it was a 100 bucks but it was two and a half hours away alex Thought it was was in one town. Yeah, I thought,
1: (laughs) 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 but it was actually in a different town.
0: Yeah, we were like, "Oh, what town? What dumbass town was it?"
1: I don't remember, dude. But um, either way, it was like you know. We thought, thought it we was thought, Shrewsbury, but it, it was, was Shutesbury. Sh- 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 <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we
0: thought it was in Shrewsbury, but it was in Shutesbury. Yeah,
1: Massachusetts town names are it's fucked stupid up. Stupid ass. I can names. say that as a New Yorker, and Alex is from New Jersey. Actually, in, you know, we're in Mass, but Peaches from Rhode Island. So, Massachusetts town names are fucking asinine. Yeah, you know, Peabody, Worcester. Yeah, and when you can name. confuse Shrewsbury and Shutesbury, it's kind of fucked up. But anyway, Shrewsbury, basically, like are. if you want to get your hands on. You know, Ileko weights. you might have to drive, you know, 600 miles in a day to go get them. And that wasn't even that bad. We would have went further. We didn't give a shit.
0: Yeah. My advice is to know the market. Like if you if you're looking for something for your home gym, just search Craigslist and Facebook marketplace for a week and don't get excited. Don't jump on the first thing you see, but know what you're looking for see what the market is, and then wait for something that looks nice, that's reasonably priced, and then make your move then. If it's far away, so what? Deal with it.
1: Yeah. Mm. Shout out, Steve Mann. You're awesome. I know you're going to listen to this. Uh, we'll see you in August, hopefully, because we're looking forward to see you smash some weights, and you're like, you know, you're 100 years old now, so if you squat nine, that would be pretty sick.
0: Yeah. All right, let's move on to then versus now i'm gonna
1: love this segment yeah pg's PG's gonna love this one so um i'm gonna dish out out the matchups um you know i think we should do these we'll do these in order so the first one's a really good one we talk about all the time and uh, i don't know how it doesn't get talked about more but um you know ray williams is is pretty much the biggest you can get in powerlifting right now um and then you know i think one of the strongest men of all time who i can pretty much unequivocally say was drug free at the time um in the early 90s when he was at his peak unfortunately left the sport but that's mark henry so i don't know about you guys but i've wondered you know what would happen if these guys two guys went head to head and it's then versus now so mark henry somehow in his prime was transported to now you know the the the, tr- the training we have now today and everything else and the meets and the quality of mm-hmm. competition and um, how, yeah, how would he fare, right? So, Peach, I'm going to pull up Mark Henry's numbers. Mm-hmm. I want you to just take it away. What do you think?
2: All right. So, Mark Henry, we have an open powerlifting that he squatted 953 in wraps. His bench is not on there, but I looked it up earlier and it was 585, I believe, in this meet. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then he deadlifted nine oh three. And that was in that, that night, was in a singlet. Yeah, that was in a singlet and that was in the USAPL, so that's a regular bar.
1: For sure. And then just real quickly we'll look at Ray's numbers, even though I think a lot of people know these.
2: Okay, so for Ray we have a thousand eighty squat, five forty five bench, and eight seventy eight deadlift.
1: Yep.
0: That was at the Arnold last year. That
2: was at the Arnold last
1: year. Yeah, so what we have is, you know, Ray basically has a twenty four fifty two total in knee sleeves, and Mark Henry had a twenty three thirty seven total. So, you know, there's there's about a hundred pounds difference there, but I think, you know, Peach is gonna talk about some of the differences. Yeah. Um,
2: so I guess the real question is what is Ray Williams' real squat max? <laughs> okay. What's the real max? Yeah. If, we, if we look back at the, if we were to do like then versus now, now, I mean, what was his, his biggest squat that he did in nationals? Like, you know, like Ray? Four, no, no, yeah, Ray, what did he do? 410? No. Nationals? Yeah, nationals this year.
1: Oh, this year he squatted um, 400. Yeah, 400. He missed 420. And he missed yeah.
2: 420. Okay. So he had enough meat, whatever, probably. Okay, sure. But if we look at all his biggest squats, they're at the mm-hmm. Arnold. 490s at the Arnold. 485s at the Arnold, 470s at the Arnold. I mean, he's got
1: a he's got a 1036 at um, IPF Worlds. That's that's pretty legit. fucking
2: huge. That's legit. Yeah. And then he also has, So what but is But that's like also 50 54? pounds.
1: That's 50 pounds right there. Yeah. So.
0: So you're inferring? I mean, that the Arnold other thing is too is well, Arnold judging.
1: Well, we called Arnold fever,
0: yeah. and we've yeah. talked about we talked for years. about this on episode one, right?
2: But the other thing is is that look I mean, I'm just gonna say what it, like it is. He gets high high squats passed all the
1: time. I mean I'd say he gets bolt pass it. he squatted to depth and he squatted high before. Yeah. And um you know, so it is what it is. I, I don't was, think Mark I Henry at, squatted high. I no, was Mark at Mark Henry Arnold. definitely didn't squat high, that's yeah. my
0: last year contention. I was at the Arnold, I saw Ray's squat live. I'm not a judge, but I thought it was good. Yeah, right, but from the right side,
1: Arnold fever also applies to you. You were in the room. Yeah, it was horny. Yeah, Everything exactly. looks good. Everybody wants to see it.
0: You know, yeah. my highest total
2: is at the Arnold. It's bullshit. I remember having actually an Instagram discussion with somebody on. I think it was. I can't remember whose post it was on, but I, but they were like, you know, these big guys can't really get down there, and blah blah yeah. blah. I'm like, it's either to depth or it's not.
1: Dude, right. I, the first time Ray Squad a thousand, I literally pull the seat up to the side of the platform as close as I could. And like, I'm kind of a dick at meets. I wasn't even competing. And I was watching around nationals 2016. I pulled my seat up. Like I was a fucking judge. I don't care. nobody really talks shit to me at meets. But so I was able to do that. And his opener that he got credited for was like six inches high, high 903. I don't remember the second attempt. It might have been borderline. He's literally that strong where, like, the more weight you put on raw, the deeper he goes. But then he squat a 1,003, and I was sitting in the same seat, and I was like, that was fucking good. My point being is he shouldn't have had the opportunity to attempt it. Right. But, um, I mean, I, he's, he's squatting 1,003 to depth. So I don't doubt he's a 1,000-pound squatter. But 1,100-pound squatter, I think you need a borderline call for that raw. It's so like nobody else is even close. Jesu Eppa was close, right? But he was a high squatter too. He's like also 400 pounds and like five five. Yeah. And then Kelly Branton was getting close, but was on fucking straw and was, you know fuck him. All right? kinds of other shit. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. So and <laughs> squatted so, high as shit.
0: So Peachy, oh, you're you're going with Mark Henry because you think. All right. Here's you know, here's here's the reason why I'm going with Mark Henry.
2: I'm throwing the squat out of town. We're just gonna throw just it just trash out. the squat. Just trash the squat. So push pull. Push pull we're looking at 585 versus 545 and we're looking at 903 versus 878 so that's why i'm going with mark yeah henry it's now. a
1: valid point you beat someone out two or three lifts and if mark henry was doing numbers and you know that meet that he did well i'm looking at the wrong thing but i think it was in like 1991 actually 1995 but still that's a long time ago and uh, if, if you just transported him now where people are doing numbers that would actually yeah. push him, he was so far ahead of everybody else. Yeah, Mike, and the squat was easy.
0: Who, who was he competing up against? That's the question. You're only as strong as you need to be to be the best. I think Mark Henry There's would no squat one over 1,000.
1: Him. He also stopped competing very young. So I
0: think. Yeah, Mark, he was 24, 26 in his last meet.
1: Yeah, but he was 24 at that meet, yeah, which was his meet. best meet. And, um. yeah, he was he was 24 years old. And then he started doing the Olympic lifting, and then eventually WWE. WWE. Um, you know, it, it sucks that we lost such a great talent then because maybe he would have lifted into early 2000s and people would have high-quality video of it, but it never happened. Um, I'm with Peach. I think Mark Henry, if, if you put him in a meet now, but he was in his prime, he would probably squat 50 to 100 more pounds.
0: Oh, definitely. I, I agree 100%. I think if you put him in here and he has the head-to-head competition... He was doing that with no one pushing him, you know, with, with today's, today's knowledge, yeah. nutrition, su- supplementation, everything, training.
1: He, yeah. They didn't even have that. RPE back in 1995. Yeah,
0: imagine
2: <laughs> imagine if he had RPE. Oh my God, forget <laughs> yeah. it. He'd be doing singles at yeah. eight every week. It would be so, crazy. You know,
1: obviously raise a once in a lifetime talent, but so is Mark Henry and that's what happens. You're not going to have these two once in a lifetime talents come in the same generation. And it's kind of yeah. unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so, like, big props to both those guys. Um, all right, this one's another. You know, we, we talk about super heavyweights a lot because, uh, you know.
2: Everybody goes to the meets to see the super It's the anyway. biggest numbers. It's
1: That's why bad everybody bad. loves Ray. But, I mean, everybody loves Blaine Sumner also. And I know he's a big fan of Brian Siders. Brian Siders was my favorite lifter of all time. Um, if you don't know, Brian's two-time IPF world champion. Um, was suspended while he would have won more world championships for doing a, a different federations meet to raise some money for actually a trip to IPF Worlds so he did like a WPO bench meet to win some money which he did but then was suspended um, great dude just trained so hard super explosive was really first guy like you you, you expect to squat a thousand um, at every meet he did shit like that bench 800 like he was awesome to watch um you know his career kind of ended earlier than i think people would have liked to see even though he was pretty beat up because he trained so hard um so like you gotta think you know head to head blaine versus brian siders what do you think would happen so i know brian sider's best best numbers off the top of my head i don't have it on the screen but he squatted 1014 he um benched 793 and i think he pulled 859 or 865 so obviously we know Blaine's best numbers with eleven something squat, five yeah. what's whatever five, yeah, eleven, 11 thirteen 30, squat, yeah. um, thousand three bench in a single in pl- a single lift meet bench and a and an eight ten deadlift or eight sixteen deadlift sorry,
2: well five fifteen Joe is eleven thirty five. Yeah I, okay I wasn't
1: counting that right oh, now okay. but we should we should it's crazy so Peach what do you think?
2: All right so i'm gonna have to go through it but i think that on the squat blaine is doing some shit that we just can't comprehend i mean yeah 515 was outrageous it looked good on video How was in how was it live yeah it, it was good, good. oh yeah it was yeah. good
1: yeah i mean so but with the geared ones it's like you know it was brian wearing the same gear we are well I mean, he wore loose stuff He's squat a thousand in deadlift suit and loose wraps, like he was crazy strong, yeah,
2: so i mean if we get if we throw him a centurion, you think he's doing the same thing
1: I think he's doing ten fifty at least, I think he's making up ground, yeah,
2: all right, so we got we got Brian probably like 80, 80 pounds
1: difference on the squat, but I think the biggest one is the belly bench rule mm-hmm. so yeah he he did a multiply meet where there were no rules and bench like eight seventy or some shit, yeah, and like I mean, the shirts we're wearing in single ply today, there's not much difference on multiply and single ply bench carryover. Uh, I think that's because multiply guys don't wear that shit that tight.
2: No, I don't think they do.
1: Um, but, yeah, Blaine's obviously, like, changing the single ply bench forever. But Brian didn't have that opportunity. And the reason is because you they had while he was competing, they had a rule where you could not touch the bar to your belly. You had to touch the bar to your sternum. And super heavyweight benchers – Got screwed at meets, like it was crazy. You think like watching depth calls is bullshit now? Like you should have watched IPF judging in the early two thousand, especially super heavyweight benches. Um, nothing today that we do would pass. Oh no, shot. Nothing, and they yeah. got rid of that rule in like two thousand ten. No two thousand thirteen. 2013. Thirteen. So Brian's career was over by then. Um, you know it's funny because that year, like, I was benching seven hundred. Blaine was benching seven hundred. Blaine's bench has gone up 300 pounds because when you take away that rule, you can change the way you bench press in a a single ply shirt. So Brian never had that opportunity. I think, obviously, his raw bench is fucking insane. Oh, yeah. That video of him benching 615 for four at Bench America is out there. And he hit a 650 raw bench in a meet where USAPL wasn't running raw meets. So he did other federations to do raw meets where he. Had a really good, I mean, he'd be a good comparison against Ray, too, because his raw total was like, you know, some something crazy. some crazy. Yeah. Something <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I so mean, you, but I'm saying with a thousand pound bench, I think
0: would Brian have benched nine? Probably. probably I think he would, would have benched, benched a thousand. Nine. I don't no. think he's
2: benching a thousand. With pounds. that
0: belly bench rule, your ROM can change by. 30 percent well that
2: wasn't biggest that wasn't brian's biggest problem though his biggest problem was locking it out in the last like quarter inch yeah holding the bar holding the weight which is you know and i think it would just be a little bit too heavy yeah you know, he
1: also wore a rage for his entire career he was sponsored by inzer um you know rage x isn't close to what the bench shirts are now that's 100 percent true. so right. i think when he was benching 800 in a rage that's like he can get he can easily bench nine hundred in a katana or a bolt. Mm. Um, and this is getting into the details of gear, but let's let's say it, it's not an even playing field. and That's why it's a good debate. But that being said, I don't think anybody can touch the totals that Blaine's doing.
2: The only thing that would make a big difference, in my opinion, if they went head to head, would be the deadlift because Brian's going to deadlift last. Yeah, you know, I mean,
1: that, they're, they're, he pulled that eight sixty five raw. Yeah. That's his best deadlift, but it was raw, and uh, I think he was capable of pulling close to 900 pounds. Um, it's just you know, like his career went by so fast. It's like one or two meets a year for in his prime of a short period of time, and then injuries caught up to him and things like that. Or he tried his hand at World's Strongest Man. He, you know, if if you've seen the videos of him at the Arnold Strongman Classic, like beating pro strongmen on pressing events, then you, like you know how freaky this dude was. And he's dabbled in other sports and things. Um, so, you know, it just went by and then it was gone. Poof, gone. So, you know, you never know.
0: Yep. If you brought them head to head now, they might have some, some battles back and forth year to year. But I mean, I think Blaine, if especially if he has that push, that competitive push, yeah, I when, mean, when he's pushed, he really seems to, to really go all out.
1: Yeah. If, I mean, four years ago, I, had, all out. I, I even had Blaine's back against the wall. Um, at us Appeal nationals he missed a you know he made one squad i made three he made one bench i made two and uh i loaded a, a deadlift to beat him and it slipped out of my hand but since then i think he's packed on an extra 100 keys on his total that has you know put me and everybody else through history in the dust so yeah. uh <laughs> yeah. so. you know he you know he lost to andre Konovalov a couple times and he Packed on some fucking keys on his total, and he, he won easily in Dubai. Mm. And so, it's come a long way. So, like, you know, then versus now, being him right now, I don't think Siders can touch him, but Siders is still a fucking legend, one of the greatest of all time, and he'll probably be our OG soon, but, you know, he'll have his time. Yeah. I, I would I would have to
2: go with Blaine as well. Yeah. He, but I would love to see him head-to-head, and I think it's probably... I would probably, love to see it. I think I think if they competed like tomorrow and then in the equivalent amount of gear equivalent amount of training, like they're both in their prime, you know, I think it would be really close. Be I think close. it'd be the closest matchup at any. Yeah. Degree.
1: All right. So the next one we have, um, is a good one. It's a couple iterations. This one there's cross offs on the page and shit. You know, you'll have to message me if you want to find out, but, um, we wanted to do, you know, one of the most pop, you know, raise one of the most popular lifters. We want to do Russ or as well. He's a great lifter um everybody seems to love him he's got some really impressive lifts um just one of the most popular faces in the sport right now and uh we want to get him compared against gene bell gene bell i hope you guys know who gene bell is oh my god yeah i hope i hope everybody out there knows who gene bell is or else i'm gonna be fucking mad but um gene bell uh started competing in 1973 at 148 he ended his career it seems like uh as an M two um, in two thousand six at two twenty, so he spanned a bunch of weight classes. But he had a really good run at one eighty one, and uh, he put on some really fucking impressive numbers um, at one eighty one. So that's why we throw him in here. And and let's just the the meat that we're going to talk about, Gene, um, where are the Budweiser World Record Breakers. Yeah, in nineteen eighty eight. These guys had very thin um squat suits on. Um Z suits or Marathon suits. Honestly, they're basically an SPD singlet. And uh they had some light knee wraps on. Um so you know, the squats were supported, but when you hear the numbers, I don't think you're going to care. And the benches and deadlifts were raw in the 80s. So Gene's best numbers at 181 in 1988 at a meet in hawaii we're an 843 squat which is insane because even in the gear today nobody's doing that's it. more than the 181 world record or 183 world record ipf in equipment so like just that in itself is insane um 523 bench and a 744 pull and like this shit's kind of unfair to russ because like russ is super impressive but I don't think any of his numbers are close to that. I think he's got, like, a 688 squat, um, maybe, like, a 200 key bench, like, 440 yeah, maybe, maybe or less. And, a, you know, I think maybe a 716 yeah. pull. Yeah. I didn't Sounds pull up his numbers, right. but I think we all know them. So, I don't know, Babel. You got anything to say? Like, obviously, like, just reading the numbers off him, we kind of did Russ dirty. Yeah. But well, that we just kind of want to shine some light on how badass Gene Bell
0: is. Gene... Is an absolute legend. Um, and I, I wore a Z suit, actually, um, a couple months ago. I pulled it out of loose pile of gear just to mess around with the Z suit and knee wraps. And I'll tell you, my I, I hit 500 pounds, and my best 500-pound set is a double. And in the Z suit with knee wraps, I hit it for a triple. So it's it's really you know, not giving you very much at all. Yeah, they percent, actually used to care a lot, too. Yeah. So,
1: like... Keep in mind, like, guys going out there in the 80s, and guys have told me this. Like, yeah, you know there's, like, 40% chance, like, your whole attempt goes to shit because your suit tears open. Like, which in this day and age of equipped powerlifting, you don't have that in the back of your mind. Your gear is pretty solid. Like, it's happened to all all of us. It's happened to me at some big meets, but it, it never really crosses your mind. The gear is pretty reliable. Yeah,
0: so a mid eights squat 181 is absolutely... Colossal. I can't even fathom it to be
2: honest <laughs> Colossal. with you. because I'm I'm just thinking about the biggest squat I seen in a Centurion in wraps was by Jose Castillo, who then failed the drug test.
1: He failed too, so but, he's banned for life.
2: But but the one I'm thinking of is that he did, I believe it was 830, eight thirty eight, eight thirty eight, yeah. And then he proceeded to fail a drug test. So I mean, we're talking about a guy who same weight class, who you know did it in way worse gear. Just smoke, just killing it. Yeah, he you know? also
1: did it in the fucking 80s, dude. I was born in 88. Like, yeah. he did it 32 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Before people were doing anything close to this. Gene Bell was way ahead of his time. You know, if you just look at Gene Bell's open powerlifting, there's just a bunch of number one rankings from every meet he touched, multiple IPF world championships, and world game wins, which is just, like, legendary shit. And uh, he also... You know, trains with and coaches his son, Ian Bell, who I believe played fourth in the 2017 World Games, uh, deadlift world record holder in the 105 kilo class. insane Uh, genetics. He whooped my ass at the Arnold in March. He pulled like 859, something like that. No, maybe he pulled 838 and missed 859. Yeah, I think he missed 859. What a fucking freak. Uh, Just a naturally strong family, natural lifters, and great genetics. Um, so, you know, you know, it wasn't a farce when you can, you know, put yeah. Ian out there and basically do some of the same shit.
2: I think the craziest thing though is the 529 rub bench. Yeah. That is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. 181. Mean, 529. Who's, who's even in that ballpark right now? Like John Hack. John Hack. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, Owen Hubbard. What's he doing these days?
1: Probably high fours. Yeah. High so fours. I mean,
2: you know we got a guy who can who can not only bench 529 Brett Gibbs, but he's probably also did 462 oh, something yeah, like Brett that, Gibbs, 474 yeah. but they're still like, it's like 60 to thing. 80 pounds yeah. away yeah. on
0: bench you know a king silverback
1: yeah i mean originally we were going to actually do russ versus mike bridges uh, but we realized that like that wouldn't really be f- mike bridges is it, uh, we believe was banned from the IPF for multiple drug test failure so we left him out but He was also benching in the low fives raw at 181. I think he might have even also been
2: 529, to be honest with you.
1: They might have been taking the world record from each other, things like that. Back in the
0: 80s, we don't have the time to go down the rabbit hole and research. What were Ed Cohn's numbers at that weight class? Because I know he went through all the weight classes, too. Oh, dude. That's an
2: interesting discussion, actually. I think, if I can think about it real quick, I think he benched a little bit more than that. I think he might have done a 540, and he was deadlifting... Like, he was deadlifting, like, eight, high eights, I think. No, mid-eighths. eights.
1: All right, Ed Cohen's last meet at 181. No, man. That's the thing. At 181. Mm-hmm. 450. 450, yeah. Really? Four fifty two. 766 amazing. pull, which is insane. But, you know, Gene did 744. Russ is doing 716. 7, when did uh, Ed Cohen do 540?
2: Was that at 220? He must have been heavier. I'm pretty sure that he, he was benching
1: around. He there. did five. 56 at 220 yeah it
0: must have been 220 i was thinking two forty three
1: at 242 so it went up as his body weight
0: went up yeah, yeah. so it looks like gene bell even smokes ed Cone. yeah even whoops Cone. one of the greatest ass. of all time yeah i hope you blue motherfuckers blue. know who gene bell
1: is man like
0: yeah I, I don't, everybody I don't wanna... knows who ed cohen is but yeah i mean king silverback on instagram he's got like i don't know how many followers not a lot
1: yeah, Sherman Ledford told me this great story once. Where oh, my God, at like this is legendary. USPF Nationals in, like, 1990 in Chicago. And, like, Jesse Kellum came out at 198 and uh, tried to, like, squat when Gene was squatting and got fucking crushed, and they had to peel him off the ground. And then Gene came out in the next attempt. It at was, like, 859 and uh, at 198. And, you know, Sherman's, like, very descriptive and be like gene came out his legs were looking like fucking pistons and i stood up on my chair and i was like get the fuck up and so everybody started going fucking crazy and gene obliterated it and it's just like it just makes like right now my heart's racing from the story because i wish i was there but i was two years old so fuck you know anyway so we got to give that one to gene <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so right now we're like two to one for the uh, old school guys so like you know, all this shit going on, on Instagram, hyping everybody up, it's great. But, like, people got to realize, like, there's still work to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, there still is. Like, the IPF World Records have been reset multiple times. So, mm-hmm. like, these guys, their names are not in the record books. Like, don't forget. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with USAPL Records. All right, the last one we're going to do is um, one of my favorite lifters. Like, we talked about Power Unlimited last week. Mm-hmm. If you've seen this movie, which... If you're a powerlifter, you got to fucking see this movie. But Captain Kirk Kowarski versus Dennis Cornelius. And uh, this is a great one because they're both like 275-pound lifters. Kirk has competed mostly single-ply. Because like we like to over-explain in the 90s, single-ply was the way. There were no raw meats. And Kirk was out there to win world championships, which you can see some awesome fucking video of if you peruse the internet. But... Kirk actually did a raw meet, too, and has some raw training video that you can see some pretty insane shit. And so we know Dennis Cornelius' numbers,
0: maybe. If you haven't seen Power Unlimited, I think it's on YouTube. Is, you that, the, is that the
2: it. one where, where Womack gets hit in the face of the bench?
0: Is that Womack in no,
2: there? No, that was not. That, that was Cartwright. That no. No, Cartwright. No, Cartwright no, was no, doing no. the meet, and oh, Walmart. Oh, yeah. ate a yeah. bar. Yeah. yeah, Womack ate a
0: bar. Yeah, there was a yeah. spotter just minding his own business. Yeah, fuck Mike Walmack. Yeah. yeah. So in that meet, Captain Kirk has a story about how basically if you're on his squat rack at 5 o'clock, there's a 45 coming your way. You can't throw <laughs> a 45 pound plate. Yeah, he's a psychopath, <laughs> he's but he's psycho. awesome.
1: It's great. everything I love about powerlifting. So Dennis like, Cornelius. Please make memes out of that, please. His numbers. You know, which I think people are familiar with, are 909 raw squat, fucking crazy, at 120, um, 589 bench, and a 782 deadlift. That's crazy shit. shit I think he man.
2: deadlifted more than that. No,
1: you know his that he's a good deadlifter, but I don't think he's pulled eight. Okay. And then for Kirk, we have in um, single ply 1003, um, and we'll talk about that a bit because I mean these numbers are a little off. Um, 562 bench and a 777 deadlift. So the deadlifts are pretty much even a thousand three squat. You know, it's, it's a legendary squat and there's also a video of him, the legendary, I want to hold it thousand pounds for two double, but there's also a video out there of Kirk Gawarski, not wearing knee wraps, not wearing knee sleeves, not even wearing fucking brief suit, nothing. He doesn't even have any real shorts on. He has a bathing suit on. And he squats 800 for five. He's got bodybuilding, wow. posing oh. trunks on. My. So, yeah. like, do I think in his prime he could have squatted 909? 100%. Because 800 for five, that video is fucking crazy. And he actually has an 826 squat on record. But he did his first raw meat when he was 38 years old. And it was a long time after he had done, you know, his final IPF meet was in his prime where it looks like he won IPF World in nineteen ninety six. So in two thousand four he decided to do a raw meet. Ross started getting going and uh, he did an eight twenty six squat. That's a thirty eight year old dude who probably like wasn't training as hard. He, he also pulled seven seventy one. But the problem is he benched four sixty three. And the problem is that his bench, his best bench, even the single ply was less than Dennis's raw bench. So I don't know, Peach, what do you what do you think about this matchup?
2: So so Kirk was he benching in uh in, in a blast shirt? Jesus,
1: every week, man.
2: Yeah, you need to you need to get it to Bavel's drinking too many beers during the pod, that's Jesus. a problem. Right. This is not the first time. I don't know. So anyway, Captain Kirk's benching in a oh my god. <laughs> Are you okay? Okay.
1: One take, one take only,
2: guys. Alright. Is he is he benching in a blast shirt? Yeah, it was a blast shirt. I mean so the, for all you guys you who don't know what the deal of is with the blast shirt, a lot of people say it takes away the pause. So if you can touch and go like 405 in the gym, you can pause 405 at the meet in your blast shirt. So let's just say for the sake of argument that he could bench 540. Yeah, raw. 545. Okay. So if he's benching 545 raw, Dennis is benching. What's Dennis 589. 589. That's kind of a big difference.
1: When yeah, it's finds. not great for Kirk, man. Yeah, it's not great. I, 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 actually came into this. I was gonna talk about, you know, like give the win to Kirk and just fucking celebrate. But um, I think Dennis takes this one, man. Yeah, I mean,
2: so so Dennis's deadlift is seven eighty
1: two, and Kirk's is seven seven 7, 7. Is seven. It's 7, the 7, same 7. shit. It's the same thing. The thing is, like, you know, we we have to give it then versus now. Kirk did these numbers in the nineties. He squatted eight hundred for five when like an 800 pound raw squat was unheard of and never happened in competition. Cause nobody did. Nobody did them. And he was doing 800 for five. Like if someone did that today as a raw lifter, that it, it would light on fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think if he trained for a raw meat, the numbers would be different. Yeah. I mean, I think this one's like 50, 50, like they, we'd actually like to see this one, like get in a time machine and do it. But, we won't, but like I think Kirk Kirk would make that thirty pound difference up if he was training for a raw meat and uh, was in his prime today. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna call it a draw.
2: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hot take, I'm gonna hot take Dennis Cornelius. Okay, uh, and the reason is because the top deadlift number is a little bit higher. So if they do a head to head matchup, I think he'll load it up and do it. That's that, that's the tiebreaker for me. Basically. Yeah, because okay. he'll he'll pull at the end of the meet and he's gonna win. That's
0: that's my hot take. I'm gonna take Dennis Cornelius. I think Captain Kirk was just such a psycho that if he was in his prime and training raw and he had competition, he would have loaded up anything to win. And he probably he probably would bomb out or or win. Uh, it would be close, but I gotta give the edge to Kirk. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I'm not gonna throw shade on Dennis, but he did try a single ply meat in Atlanta last year and he didn't get a lot of carryover. And you know, a lot of times carryover comes down to nuts. That is a and guy. people ask you like, What's the secret to your carryover? It's like, Well, I'm fucking mentally not there and so like it that's where I get my carryover from. Like you have to be a fucked up person. So Kirk obviously was a fucked up person. And I was able to get 100 pounds out of a, you know, first-generation Centurion, which is pretty good. And, uh, you know, I don't know, Dennis, Dennis did a meet. Let's just go through this since it's our last matchup anyway. He squatted 903. He benched 551 and pulled 672. I think he did a meet on back-to-back days, but what regardless. It, did, his.
2: Can you, can you see it uh, in there? I think that was from Nationals.
1: No, it's a five-bar showdown. He did... The single ply meet on Saturday and I think he did a raw meet the next day, Mm. which is crazy because then he squatted. Yeah, he squatted 892 raw the next day, but squatted 903 the day before. I mean, I'm sure he felt like shit.
0: We can edit this out, but. Why would we edit this out? I want to know how Captain Kirk would fare against today's protocols.
1: Oh, uh, I mean, we oh, don't have to okay. edit this out, but <clears throat> I don't know, man. Like I'm kind of on the side of like they didn't not that like we we support people trying to beat drug tests and shit. That's bullshit. But I think like these guys aren't that smart. Like I think they piss clean like Ed Cohn pissed hot. That's the thing. And Kirk lifted in that era and pissed clean.
0: OK, he was tested. Yeah, I mean there there are there are videos of him where you're like, no way, this fucking guy's natty. Okay, two seventy five. I wasn't sure if they were doing drug testing back then or not. They were doing drug testing. He passed the test. He never failed the test. Mm -hmm. He's got an untarnished record. Untarnished record. Okay, Mm -hmm. we can't. We don't go around
1: accusing. No, you know. I'm not. Yeah, Ed Cohn failed the same fucking test at the same meet. I'm pretty sure they both were doing world championships in the mid '90s, and Ed got taken down twice. Is the whole thing with Ed is he was disputing the drug testing because like you know, the way the the sample was handled, all this bullshit, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. You can watch a video of Ed walking through a hallway. There's like a thousand people trying to congratulate him, but they're trying to take
0: his piss. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, that wasn't cool. Yeah. So like, yeah, you can see both sides, but Kirk never pissed hot. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know what his status was in terms of that. Just, um, you know, having watched Power Unlimited, there's some, some scenes where I was questioning, you know, <laughs> his <laughs> his rage. He's just psycho, man. They,
2: well, that's why he got a hundred pounds out of uh, you know a Z suit or a first first generation yeah. Centurion or whatever. He's a fucking sick person.
0: All right, I I was throwing no accusations anywhere, but yeah, we're don't. not going to edit that out. Though, All dude. right, we'll you know keep know it. In.
1: And you know, I, that's the end of our um, then versus <gasps> now. You know, we ended with a good toss up, and it was two to one. Um to the to the old school guys with our other ones but you know we pick these matchups if you have matchups you want to do um definitely hit us up you know same deal we'll redo who's pissing hotter with uh fan matchups we'll do uh then versus now with uh your guys's matchups so hit us up nothing stupid um you know as as far as ogs go you know we don't want to act like OGs growing trees. So I think we might've said OG of the week, like in episode one, but then we changed it to OG Hall of Fame. We're not going to do one every week because we want it to to mean something. Um, And we want to spread it out a little bit. We have names, we have people lined up. We're going to spread it out as we plan to do, You know, probably close to 50 episodes a year. And uh, we don't want to just start fucking picking through trash for OGs. So we're going to make it a little more exclusive. Um, But again, if you have somebody you think we should highlight, Hit us up.
0: Yeah, we might have mentioned a couple in our then versus now, but we've got a large list, and we've got to let it stew. And like you said, it's got to be an, a very exclusive club. Yeah, we need to
1: gather stories and training tips too.
0: Yep. Yeah, that, that's a huge component of it. Do we have a story to go
2: with it? You know, yeah. if we don't have a story, I mean, how could you be an OG? If we don't have a story. Ed Bell's legs
1: look like fucking engines, <laughs> engine pistons. <laughs> He was like, he was like, come on. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) Grabbed the bar with his left hand, got his head up under there, yelled, come on. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, (laughs) get the fuck up. (laughs) I forgot about the come on, dude. Yeah, Yeah, Gene's a legend and Sherman's a fucking legend of legends. So, yeah, I think that concludes um, episode five, you know. We're on Spotify, Stitcher. Are we on iTunes, dude? I
0: think we're on iTunes, man. Someone (laughs) let me know. Can we confirm that Yeah, I don't have an iPhone or anything. Yeah, Sarah Helen. Could you like... Are we on iTunes? Let us know. Debatably, we're supposed to be on iTunes. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, if you enjoyed the podcast, we do appreciate it. If you leave a comment on iTunes, if we're on iTunes, you know, rate it and uh, share this with friends. It'd be cool to see this thing grow a little. Fuck you, Steve, man. Fuck you, Steve, man. Fuck you, Steve, man. (laughs) Later. Later.